Thanks for downloading the Happy Startup School podcast. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at thehappystartupschool.com or follow us on Twitter at Happy Startups. going on, uh, well, tell, introducing us, or introducing you to the podcast, so I'm here with Lawrence. Hello. <laughs> and yeah, we're in our sort of window, well, uh, windowless office <laughs> in the studio, this is designated our podcast studio, which is where we do our webinars, and we thought we'd kick off our first ever podcast uh, by talking about conferences. It'd be good, well, we thought about talking about our story to start off with, but I think there's some more work we'd like to put into that and maybe save that for a future podcast. But today, um, we're talking about what are our experiences of conferences and how we think we're, they could be better, really. Um, so I think initially what would be good was thinking about what was the last conference, or what was the first conference you went to, and do you remember? Um, first conference I went to, I don't think I can remember, I think it's probably because it wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> And I think that's the point of us having this discussion really is um, we're trying to think about the conference model, is it broken? And um, when trying to think of the reasons people go to conferences, you know, what is it that we get from them? And the things that came to mind for us were we go to get ideas, we go to get inspiration, we go to meet people, and sometimes we just go for a jolly to get out of the office. And those things, um, often we don't achieve them from my perspective. I don't know what your first memories of the conference were. Did you manage oh, to meet many people? I remember back in, yeah, when I first started off, the first uh, company I worked for, we used to go to these big massive web conferences at, uh, where is it? was it? It was Earl's Court. Huge massive thing. So you'd have stands of people handing out flyers and it's lots of people looking like they didn't really want to be there or they'd been there since the early hours and just like drained of energy trying to sell you stuff at every corner you, you turn there was someone trying to sell you either a CRM or some kind of content management system and they all sounded like they did the same thing and they all looked like the same thing uh, and all you were there for was probably just one talk and that was it and the rest of the time you're just looking looking for an excuse to be out of the office, which was totally depressing. And everyone was in suits, that's the other thing. Everyone was dressed in suits, that was so depressing. And so uncomfortable, particularly in the summer. So yeah, uh, that's the general experience I've had with conferences. And bad coffee, I think. Like, a bad coffee um, seems to go hand in hand with the conference centre uh, experience, I think. Yeah. Bad coffee and plastic cups with... Um, People generally, like you said, trying to be very salesy and if they're not talking about their business, they're looking to pitch it and hand out business cards at any opportunity. I think one of the things as well, we, we never liked basically the whole networking thing. No. Going to conferences where you feel like you have to be there trying to talk to as many people as possible about your business. So essentially trying to hold the conversation whenever you can. It just felt really false and... Well, we're not salespeople, so <laughs> something that we're really, really enthusiastic about. I seem to remember one we went to when we first came to Brighton, which had a speed networking, uh, what do you call it, track, I suppose. Um, 
it's probably one of the most horrendous experiences of my life, I think. Um, yeah, people sat at tables while the other half walked around um, listening to the, uh, the opposite person's business pitch and you got a minute is with each. I don't know when now, that's before Jury's in. This is in Brighton um, 10 years ago. Um, definitely not an experience I'd want to um, have again, but certainly something that I've learned from in terms of how not to do it. Um, and yeah, if you ever go to a speed networking event, then generally don't go on the uh, inside because you're the one that has to move around and literally go from pitch to pitch while someone else uh, gives their sales pitch to you. So yeah, not something I would recommend. Sounds like you should lower your expectations as well. Don't feel like you're going to get any business out of it. Just go for it for the sake of just experiencing it. Yeah. So <laughs> I think after the war. Maybe slow networking is better and not even networking. Um, so I think it's one of the things we want to talk about is how we can experience better events and also create um, more value, I suppose, because I think... Um, yeah, the things we talked about, the inspiration, ideas, community, how those things actually work with the current conference model and how we can improve them, and what we're doing to do our bit, I suppose, in, in terms of making those things a bit more meaningful. So, um, what's the point of conferences, do you think? Well, it's kind of the things we mentioned, really. I think you go to get inspired, but you often come away feeling a little bit depressed, uh, from my experience. Um, you go for ideas, but often you hear the same odd things again and again. You go to meet people, but you know the in-between bits are so small. Um, for example, I went to Digital Shortage um, back in February, and there was no in-between bits. There was nowhere to grab a coffee. There was no even bad. There was nowhere to back, grab even back, grab a bad coffee. Um, and yeah, they just put so much into the schedule that there was no space to do anything else. So therefore, you didn't actually get to meet people. But generally, you know, the, the breaks are so small. The environment doesn't enable you to have really meaningful connections with people. Um, you achieve the aim of getting out of the office, but often you go back to work on Monday morning and nothing's really changed. Yeah. Right, well, this image, you're sat there in a row with maybe 20, 30 other people in the room. Maybe you talk to the person next to you, probably not. You have no idea who the person is in front of you or the person is behind you. And you're sat waiting for someone to get on stage and entertain you. And if they haven't entertained you within the first couple of minutes, you're on your phone checking yeah. out Twitter or Facebook, or checking your email, which... Or dub smash. Yeah, <laughs> smash, as, as Lawrence has discovered today. <laughs> yeah. One of those will be out from the Happy Startup Schools, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, saying all that, there are some good conferences out there, so we don't want to be uh, sort of naysayers. I think, you know, we really enjoy meaning in Brighton. Um, Mind the Products, a great conference in London. Yeah. Um, and often they're, you know, driven by really passionate people who really believe in what they're doing. I think too often conferences seem to be driven by the money men or the industry and they're not really driven by individuals who really want to push things forward. So. But I think you were saying that even with the good conferences, they're only as good as the speakers. Um, and unless you know people already there or you get a chance to meet new people at the conference, your memory of it will be based on who was the best speaker. Yeah. And I think really some of the best conferences that we've been to, it hadn't been just about the speakers. No. And I think one of the best examples we have is the do lectures. Um, when we went, it was much more about meeting some amazing, interesting people, as well as listening to some inspirational talks. Not all of them were inspirational. Some yeah. were good, some were, were okay, some, some were just not, didn't hit the mark, but that's, that's the Russian roulette of conferences. You don't have to get amazing speakers all the time. But what we did do was meet some really cool, amazing people 
over lunch and during the times when we weren't listening to talks. Yeah, and I think even just the word conference, I mean, we looked up the definition of it and it says a formal meeting of people with a shared interest, typically one that takes place over several days. Um, so I think the key word for me is form, formal, um, formal meeting, formal meeting of people. So I think the trouble when you label something conferences, it has those kind of traditional business connotations. Stuffy, stuffy Stuffy and conference centres, you know, they make me make my mouth dry up. <laughs> but I go to the library. Um, so I think that's part of the problem is we fit into these these buildings that uh, are really geared for um, numbers, not for connections really. So something like do lectures that we went to was set out in the Welsh countryside in a beautiful setting. That lends itself well to building stronger connections with people. <clears throat> and our summer camp along similar lines we bring people out to the Sussex um, uh, forest, Dashdown forest and yeah we have people nestling amongst 300 acres and you know that just lends itself to people you know sort of really getting to know people around them, having space as well. I think the word formal is quite um, important or key in this is like you feel that you have to come to these events not being yourself, you have to put on this kind of business face and because of that, you have you essentially straight away create a barrier between you and the next person. You are this. You're not the person you're supposed. You're your your real self. Yeah. So as soon as you put on a suit, I don't know how many people still go to work in suits. I'm sorry if you guys do, um, but it for me it, it doesn't feel natural, um, and so you end up acting slightly differently. While if you're in an environment where you can actually be who you are, then you're more likely to get a genuine connection with people around you because mm-hmm. you don't feel. Well, you feel like you're talking to the real person. Yeah. I think when we started out, I remember thinking about what success is for me. We actually put a post out today about success. But um, I remember thinking, if I, if I have to wear a suit every day, I've failed. <laughs> um, again, that's not for everyone. But for me, personally, you know, if I have to put that suit on again, that's pretty much failure for me. Because for the reasons Carla said, really, you just feel like I'm not being myself. When I did have to wear a suit for a year, I felt like this kind of imposter that I was pretending to be this city worker who kind of knew what they were doing and really enjoyed this environment, um, and I didn't. So, yeah, me personally, that was something that I didn't um, really appreciate. I think there's this uh, myth that wearing a suit means you're professional. I remember going to work with people who wore suits and they were far from professional and far from anything like... There's nothing worse than seeing someone wear a suit if you shouldn't be wearing a suit. Oh, God, yes. Uh, Actually, what's even worse is someone who looks really good in a suit but is a complete arsehole because they're in a suit. Because they wear a flashy suit, um, whether it is Gucci, Dolce Gabbana, whatever it is, what flashy make it is, but because of that, they feel like they're the dog's bollocks and they just can trample over people. That is the image of business that really, yeah, I, I couldn't get my head around. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, more and more people these days want to be themselves, they want to be authentic, you know, that buzzword that we hear a lot of these days. Um, because I think you can just be yourself. You don't have to try to be something you're not. And so I suppose any event where you feel like you're having to put on this imposter outfit, then you're basically not being yourself. So how can you make meaningful connections when you're kind of putting on this persona? And we're also, you know, one of the things that we talk about, you go to a conference to learn new things and to be inspired and to actually, you know, become better. So if you come to a conference all proud and feeling like you already know everything, what is there to learn? What we, what we see the whole point of going to anywhere like this is learning through from others and then being sort of spurred into doing, you know, into taking some action and being, becoming better when you leave. Learning something new and doing something with that knowledge. And so 
that's you know one of the ways that we think conferences could be a lot better. How can we make people feel more um, humble? So if you can come to a conference and leave that ego at the door and not um, come with that humility so that you're there to learn as well as to give, I think that makes for much more close community and, com and better conference experience. And, you know, one of the things that you want to do when you go to a conference is you want to learn new stuff. Uh, but you also probably come with your own set of experiences and knowledge that you can share with other people. So if you're looking to go there wanting to give more than you can get, I mm -hmm. think you've got a better chance of forging some really rich, rich connections with the people there. Yeah, I think it's kind of changing the, the name always from attendees and uh, delegates to participants. Um, so having a much more emergent way for learning to happen, I think, is key. And it's one thing we try to do with all our events is give people a platform for, for helping others there and also to ask questions and to, um, you know, to, to ultimately to be able to kind of use all the minds in the room rather than just the people who claim to all have, you know, have all the answers. Yeah, there's experiences of going to conferences where you have speakers on one hand which are sort of raised above, above the rest who are just the attendees and you're not allowed for them those for those two groups to mix or if you're found worthy enough to be able to talk to one of the speakers you have to line up and queue and that just yeah it it's horrible, a, isn't it? horrible tone for, for a kind of conference so. yeah I've been um, refused entry to speakers dinners before uh, speakers dinners um, after parties and things and I've been to speakers dinners as a speaker and I still find it quite horrible really because it's just too much of a hierarchy um, you know one thing we've tried to do is just to create that level playing field really so you know, speakers, attendees, call them what you will, they're all just people really and they've all got a story to tell and so giving people a chance to connect where you're not, you know, queuing up like you said or you're having to grab a, a second or sign an autograph or whatever it might mm. be because it just creates that sort of celebrity culture I think which is dangerous particularly with startups anyway. I think when conferences try to scale that's where it starts going all wrong. When yeah. you start off where you've got a conference of maybe 50 people and you sell out and then the next time you do 100 and you sell out and then start thinking, all right, how can I maximise the profit out of this thing? How can I get a thousand people in at Excel all wandering around doing business card tango? And it just, yeah, it, you, you feel very insignificant in one of those uh, conferences. And you, it's very hard to make any connections or to find anyone who's worth talking to. Yeah, I just think of like Web Summit in Ireland and that's my idea of hell, I think, like Bono coming on and, um, <laughs> you know, just thousands of people walking hell. around. Feels like the ideal home show, but on a on a sort of web level. <laughs> well, that's actually that ideal home exhibition is probably that, that's that's the feeling you get some get at some conferences where you're just wandering around, people selling you stuff. You just leave with a mop. Yeah, exactly. You leave with the most <laughs> a virtual mop. Useless bit of information uh, and no kind of friendships or connections, and you just go back to the next day and people say, "So, what did you learn yesterday?" It's like, well. Can't remember really. Yeah, no, I just got refused entry to an after party. Yeah, got a whole load of flyers. Uh, mm. Maybe got fifty uh, fifty pound Google AdWords voucher. That's probably the best thing that you'll come out with from these conferences. You might wake up kind of you know a little bit hungover. You've got a few vouchers in your pocket, maybe and some business cards. A little cards. bit dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you made some notes but you probably left your well I often find I leave my notebook in the conference centre so that's even left behind and yeah. I'm left with just um, yeah I'm actually I'm getting quite depressed <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you, you can tell how, how 
badly they want you to enjoy a conference by how full the goodie bag is that you take away with you when it's like stuff full of pens and books and things like that that you probably won't read or use yeah uh, and they'll probably leave on the tube <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah I think you know with all these things it's it's got to go smaller we did our first summer camp three years ago or two years ago in London and it was in a it wasn't a conference centre, it was a lovely building in the middle of Hyde Park amongst the trees and, you know, nice natural setting. But, you know, it was still a conference, let's face it. And there was the best part of 100 people there. We wanted to do another one because the feedback was amazing and people wanted more. But the obvious option was to, like, go big and have 500 people in a, um, a big centre somewhere in London. But we just thought, that's not what we want to do. We don't want to, you know, have more people. We just want to have stronger connections with the people that are there. Um, improve the quality, not the quantity. Exactly. And so then we thought, okay, we'll draw it out. Or, um, like Carl said, we were inspired by do lectures and other events like that, which were set out in the, in the wilderness, because I think that alone creates a, a completely different experience for everyone. And I think that, um, that shared experience creates trust, builds community, and also leads to transformation in the people that attend. It's hard to get um, real kind of epiphany moments when you're sat in a conference centre in London. Really. I mean, people behave differently when they're in nature. I think when you're in an office, you, you've got your office face. You're in a conference centre, you've still got your office face. But once you're out in the countryside, I think some people just don't know what to do because, like, oh my God, what is this environment? Some people get scared. Yeah, totally. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's got ants and there's like bees and, and there's grass that gets in your ass and it's just not nice. But I think being somewhere like that frees your mind. Um, it's just a story to tell. It's something to talk around over breakfast when totally. you got when you got uh, stung. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think that uh, I kind of relate it to some weddings too. If you go to a wedding in a city, you know everyone goes home. You know after the wedding, you have a nice wedding. You know you kind of um, have a nice little jolly. If someone gets married out in the countryside or overseas, everyone's there. Everyone's there with a the kind of mindset of we're on a break. You yeah. know, and we've got that kind of freedom almost that you get when you get out of your normal kind of day-to-day -day routine and I think the same thing applies for for um, experiences and events really is like if you can get people outside of their normal routine then you're not thinking oh I've got to be back at work tomorrow I've got to do this this and this you're thinking actually we're all here time stood still enjoy it yeah so it's about um, yeah rather than speed networking slow networking I think is, is the way forward or, yeah. or not not working <laughs> exactly but I think um Trying to scale up your conferences and trying to make them too big, I don't think that's going to provide more value. I think it'll provide more value for the conference organisers maybe because they'll make some more money. They'll probably get more stressed as well because having to cater for so many people. But I, I believe you know, niche is nice. Yeah, niche is nice. Smaller is special. You can borrow that. Niche is <laughs> nice. Um, and I think, yeah, we seem to be getting smaller each time. We started with 100 at summer camp. We're doing that again this year in September. But we also took 25 entrepreneurs to the Alps for a kind of work retreat play thing um, in May, which was an amazing success. And yeah, that was because there was less people. It was an amazing setting. And also um, there was no real format. We kind of, the, I suppose the agenda set itself through the people that were there. And people just kind of, you know, uh, put themselves forward to then run sessions as, as they kind of saw fit, really. So maybe next time it'll be like five people. Yeah. But the, the nice thing about Altitude and being out there um, in Morion, and also we did that event in partnership with Jack Hubbard and his Dream Valley project, if you want to look that up. But it was more about the downtime in between the talks. So there was a bit of structure. We had talks in the morning and we had various sessions. 
But there was no agenda. No one, we didn't list out all the talks that were going to be had over the week. Um, the thing that was more structured was really the stuff in between. You know, we had whitewater rafting and mountain climbing and rock climbing and, and yoga and mindfulness. And talks on trampolines and hot tubs and ski lifts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and walking in the woods and cycling in the forests. It, it was it was those kind of uh, those bits of the the experience or the time there that where people really bonded. I think that's when you think to the conferences. We go back to what we were talking about at the start. Really, it's like the in between bits are often the bits that people look forward to. Um, and yeah, we thought, can we create an event where everything is the in between bits? Really, it's that simple. And as it turned out, it was the best event we've ever been to. Yeah, totally. Some people said it was the best week of their lives. So, you know, I think it's um, looking at these is not just a business event, but something that's kind of profoundly kind of um, impactful for anyone who attends because a lot of people came to Altitude didn't really think that... Um, they came in with one intention, which was just to have a nice time away with some new people. They came away with a whole lot more in terms of just what they got from it, in terms of being clear about their vision, being away getting feedback from people who's you know maybe further along than them in business and even just to kind of bounce ideas around for potential new projects and also they now have an extended support network they have people across the globe who were there to help them mm-hmm. with you know bounce ideas off or give them support uh, one of the interesting things about this event was we put together a whatsapp group so we could con- contact people just during the event about what was going on um, we were based in two different chalets within this valley, and so being able to communicate to, with everyone at the same time was a bit of a challenge. The side effect of that was actually everyone used the WhatsApp group as much as we did, and it became a method of communication, yeah. not only during the event, but also after. People are still talking and connecting and sharing ideas. Uh, and it's, I think that's a, the, one of the wonderful things about technology. It isn't just about having new gadgets, it's actually facilitating these kind of connections even when you're no longer together. I think the key thing about any events like this is it's really about getting the right people together. So I don't think Altitude would have worked if it was just 25 random people. You know, we spent time curating who was there, we made it application only, we made sure that the right the right mix of people and sexes and cultures and perspectives was, was there to kind of create that balance. But I think the key thing was there was a shared set of values and a shared ethos behind it and the people that came really <coughs> bought into that and I think that's one thing that I think has created this common bond as people came with the same mindset and they also um, then had that common link through the experience that they had. Niche is nice, you have to think about that and I think um, having uh, taking the time to make it not only a quality venue but also have quality attendees and not just settle for selling for numbers, that's going to make sure that you, you people come away with value. So if you want to find out more about uh, the summer camp, um, you can check us out online. It's at thehappystartupsummer.camp. It's not the, it's happy startup. Oh, happy startup, sorry. Happystartupsummer.camp or look up the Happy Startup School Summer Camp on Google and you should find it. And then, yeah, to look, check out some amazing pictures from our Altitude event, you'll go to altitude.de so altitude but the dot before the de at the end Uh, we've also got a medium collection from people who came they've written blog posts us included so if you go to medium and google uh, go to medium and search for altitude you'll find it there as well yeah medium.com if you guys don't know about it it's it's a really nice blogging platform 
It's a really great reading experience as well as it really engages you into writing stuff. It's a lovely experience for writing as well as reading. Yeah, I know we've got a lot more um, followers and readers on our Medium pages than we have on our, our own blog, really. So I think it's a great platform to, to get your story out there and to actually get in the habit of writing. I think that's the key thing. It takes it away from designing your own blog, creating fonts and colours and la-la-la. You know, all of that's creative and Medium. you just got to focus on the writing experience. Um, so I think one thing we want to leave you with when thinking about these conferences, any event, I think one thing we try to instill in not just the events we put on, but anything we do is just trying to make it fun, you know, just trying to really enjoy the experience, putting on silly things. So like at summer camp, we've got a ukulele workshop, we've got a karaoke sauna, (laughs) which I'm looking forward to. Um, We've got a crazy brass covers band from Brighton called the Iron Boot Scrapers, who you may know if you have been on the Brighton scene for a while. They're brilliant. Um, They cover everything from Batman to Muse. Uh, (laughs) So all of the musical taste is covered there. and yeah, I know at Altitude we had talks on on the trampoline and the hot tub and ski lift, you know, quirky things that not only are fun, but also then their stories to tell afterwards. I know we went to one event in Denmark, didn't we? We had live ants. Yeah, um, you remember those things. Those are the things you remember, and then they'll trigger other memories about the event. You know, all the other conferences, just if they're set in a conference centre, they just merge and blend to each other. That's probably one of the different reasons why found it, we found it difficult trying to think of all the conferences we've been to in the past, because they've just turned into one thing, yeah. one single memory. So I think we might leave you with a quote. Um, I'm not sure if this will be a regular occurrence, but it seems quite apt, um, which is, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And on that note, (laughs) I hope you guys have a lovely day. And yeah, check us out. We'll be trying to spin out these podcasts on a more regular basis. Yeah, we'd love to get some feedback too. So let us know through Twitter at Happy Startups or on our Facebook page. Um, Yeah, what you thought. Also, what topics you want us to discuss. And yeah, if you are um, looking to bring your startup to life, we've got our next homeschool starting in September, which... It's going to launch just before summer camp, so September the 7th, I think. It's a six-week program. It's at home.thehappystartupschool.com. This is our fourth tribe now. We've yeah. done three um, since last year, and they've, um, they've got better each time, we'll say ourselves, because the feedback's been great. And it's just a way to work with 100 other people around the world and to take your idea forward in a kind of safe environment. So, yeah, if you're interested, check out the website. Otherwise, we'll catch you guys soon. Yeah, so have a good rest of the day. So remember, um, follow us on Twitter at Happy Startups. Um, Check out our Facebook page, the Happy Startup School. And if you're on iTunes, don't forget to rate us and leave some good feedback. Take care and have a good week. Bye-bye.